49ers fans. It's 49ers fangirl here, as always, with SoCali Steph. Hi, Steph. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. We have a very, very special guest today, uh, David Fucillo from Niners Nation. Hi, David. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Thank you for joining us. Good. Oh, my pleasure. Did everybody have a good holiday? Great. Yeah, it was it was good. I went although I went to Las Vegas where it was colder than it is here in DC. Oh wow. Really? Yeah, wow. it was in the forties. Uh, Ooh. That's cold. Yeah, it wasn't good. It's freezing. <laughs> uh, Steph and I were complaining at the 49er game last week. It was like fifty four degrees and we were like, It's so cold. So forties. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it, it, it was seventy on Christmas Day here in DC. Wow. Oh. That's... Sounds like San Diego weather. Climate change is the best. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And you just got in, right? Yeah, I landed at uh, 4 o'clock. Well, time. so 1 o'clock your time. Okay, well, that is commitment, ladies and gentlemen, to the 49ers <laughs> and all their woes and the need to discuss it. So thank you. A double thank you. <laughs> um, so I think let's talk. Coaching. They're 4 11. They're terrible. I think we've all talked about that a lot. Uh, so now it's coaching. And Tom Sula made a comment today that he will coach until he, they tell him not to. Um, and then, of course, we've all heard all day long that Mike Holmgren really, really wants this job. Um, which, listen, like that or not like that, bless his heart for wanting it because <laughs> I don't know of that many people who do. Uh, but it's it's interesting, and I don't know if it's interesting, good or bad, but I would like to hear everybody's thoughts on it. David, we'll start with you. Well, you know, I mean, he's a Bay Area guy. I think he, I'm, my guess is he lives in the Bay Area, and this is basically the equivalent of some old retired dude in Florida just looking for a job. Um, you know, he, he's he's been around the 49ers forever. I mean, I think he was like, well, no, that was George Seaver. But either way, he, you know, he was an assistant way back when in the 80s. Uh, you know, he grew up with the team at Kizar. He knows the team. He loves the team, all that stuff. But the, the problem is, I mean, I, clearly Jed is is looking to Silicon Valley, the team. And um, obviously, I don't know. I know Steph is aware of it, but I don't know. I don't know, Tracy, if you know about it, about the uh, the age discrimination lawsuit from last year. And, mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, Jed, Jed York was named, but it was basically, you know, it was a lawsuit against the entire team. But, it, you know, it. I don't, that may not have anything to do with it, but it's still, you know, it's still amusing in light of the fact that obviously Mike Holmgren is, is it's been around the block a little bit. And it's, it, it's amusing to consider the fact that this is a team that probably is looking to, you know, be young and flashy. And there's nothing younger and flashier than Jim Tom Sula. Steph, what do you think? I think if he were to like spout those things and it's not like it's new information he has done it in the past he said things on radio a couple of times I've heard and I think that he's basically going the nostalgia route I don't blame him I probably would if I had worked for the 49ers a long time I still want to work for the 49ers in a way <laughs> but like I don't blame him for wanting to see the good old days and getting that thing you know that kind of nostalgia back but I don't think that it's something that I would put any real faith in no, probably not. And they've they've told him no once. But I, you know, I don't know. It, it just depends. I don't think they want to fire Tom Sula, so I don't think there's even going to be a job vacancy for him to take at this juncture. 
Um, I agree. Even if they finish four and twelve, or might, shall I say, when they finish four and twelve, um, I don't know that they want to fire Tom Sula. What do you think, David? Well, I mean, you know, say they. Uh, I think I agree with Steph that I don't think that they're going to fire him. I mean, I think they would have to get really, really badly beaten by the Rams, which isn't out of the realm of the possible. I don't think they will. I think it'll be a close game. I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't be surprised if the, if the 49ers won it outright. Um, you know, they, they're not going to blow anybody out, but I could, I could see them springing the upset late, you know, late in the season to get improved 5-11. But, you know, I, I don't, he's not going anywhere. They lost, you know, in what I felt was fairly decisive fashion in the last three games. Uh, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Lions, and obviously, you know, they oh they they hung close late and they you know they showed signs of life. And I guess at this point. The require you know the job requirements are show a pulse. Mm-hmm. And I and I know that they have these garbage time scores, and so that may be enough to show a pulse. If you want to keep them, you could find a reason to do it. Uh, so I think that will be interesting to see. You know, it's funny, David. I actually, if you'd asked me a week ago, and I think we even talked about this last week on the podcast, I for sure thought that they would beat the Rams. Um, but now I, I just don't know. Though they do love winning a meaningless last game of the season. Um in decisive fashion just to show everybody that they didn't mean all the other ones. So we'll see what happens. But um, it will be an interesting game. And But, you know, the Rams are coming off a pretty big win in Seattle. Not a big win in that it meant anything, but they beat a Seattle team that was pretty hot, and they beat them at home. So we'll see. Not that it really matters either way, but it does matter for the draft pick. Um, and I'm not someone who thinks that you should, you know, lose games to get a better draft pick. I can't. I can't root for them to lose. But that's really the only thing that it matters for. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't. You know, I certainly don't root for them to lose. But I know that they're not a good team, I, and you know, we all know that they're not a good team, obviously. But and so <laughs> I figure I'm going to get what enjoyment I can out of it. And I, you know, I it's, it's interesting on on the site. And I'm sure you know you see this on Twitter and, and everywhere. You know, everybody says. You know, everybody has their definition of what makes a fan and why, you know, you need to be this and you need to be faithful and this and blah, blah, blah. And I, I mean, the whole faithful thing is just, a you know, a marketing ploy to make money. But I think, you know, for for somebody to be a fan, I don't, I think, and, and you can kind of be whatever you want. You know, if you, if, if it means rooting for this team to hit rock bottom so that they, you know, they, they completely overhaul it, or if you just want to stick your head in the sand and pretend that everything's going to be okay and just think, you know what, I'm just going to look at the best. I really have no problem with it. I think there are people that clearly want to, you know, pee in somebody's Cheerios all the time and there are other people that don't. So, you know, I think, you know, I don't think anybody has any right to say you're not a good fan because you're rooting for this, you know, you're, you're rooting against the team. Oh no, not at all. Everybody has their druthers. It's just like my personal thing, but no, everybody, can ruin. And I do get it. This team needs so many things. A top five draft pick would not be the end of the world. Um, so we'll no, see. but even if we do get a top five draft pick, I'm not super confident that it's going to go super well or even even know who it is when they pick it. Like, it's it's not, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in, from my vantage point. I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> I think that's very fair. David, are you a big... Nancy. No, I don't. I don't think you're a negative, Nancy. I think you're realistic, and I think you've seen what's gone on, and you followed this team for a long time, and you've seen you've seen history repeat itself over and over again. So I wouldn't call that negative, Nancy. I'd call it realistic, Rachel. 
Um, <laughs> so, David, are you a big are you a big uh, Jared Goff or bust person? Um, yeah, I, I got I went to uh, Cal San Diego State back in uh, September, right before the I was out in Cal, I was out in San Francisco for the uh, 49ers opener against the Vikings, which will forever go down as the most bizarre game ever at this point. Uh, but uh, yeah, who was that team? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, I have no idea. That that's that I don't know, know what to make of that. But I went to I went from Cal San Diego State game, and so I saw and you know I got a chance to see Jared Goff play. And I've I've tried to kind of like make sure not to get overly excited because I thought he looked great. Um, I thought he did a lot of things well. He made a lot of great throws and this and that. And, but it was also just one game against San Diego State team that I don't think is supposed to be particularly great. So, you know, I I don't know. I really don't watch a lot of college football because I, I watch enough football as it is and keep busy enough the other six days of the week that Saturday is the closest I have to a day not entirely devoted to work. Mm-hmm. So the next, uh, the next three months, four months are going to be busy with trying to figure out who the next great quarterback but you know what there you know jared goff and paxton lynch are the two big names obviously and then there's a few other guys as well but it's like i i have a very strong feeling that trent balke is not going to be drafting a quarterback in the first round it's just that's just not his style i would agree yeah. and oh sorry go ahead steph no, well, I disagree with that. I agree completely because when I think about even because I watch a lot of Cal for obvious reasons, but he's just a very play action quarterback, and we're just not very good at that. Like the Forty ers just don't—they've never been super successful at that. And if we were going to go that route, I just think Colin Kaepernick would be our guy. So the way I feel about it. It's just not a good fit. I don't think that Jared Goff is a bad quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a top, you know, first round, definitely. But I don't think he's the right pick for the 49ers the way they play. But at the same time, like, I don't even really know how this offense is designed anymore. Like, it used to be very heavy on the run. And we just don't see a lot of it the old 49ers that we used to. So in my opinion, like, it just doesn't fit our scheme, what the 49ers have done in the past, what... I would like to think I know the 49ers do, but at the same time, I just don't see it fitting well. And I know he's the man to, that everybody wants him to be because he's a local kid, but I just don't believe it. Well, and I think it's also going to depend on who the offensive coordinator ends up being. I mean, if by some miracle they can bring in somebody really, really good, then that person may have a say in who the you know who they're going to draft and if they would draft a quarterback. But I'm about to say something really blasphemous and I'm not even sure like a few weeks ago if you told me I was going to say this I would have never believed you but I'm not entirely sure that the 49er this is really actually not that blasphemous at all I've totally built it up but I'm not really sure that their biggest need is a quarterback I mean I think if there's so many problems on this team and I'm not like a huge Blaine Gabbert fan but he's fine and he's adequate and I wonder if those draft picks should be used on the 18,000 other positions that need help and then surround Gabbert. Will he be adequate enough? I mean, I, I vacillate on this all the time, but there are just so many holes on this team. Yes. I mean, you know, I think quarterback is... So my, my opinion, and I've, I think I've repeated this enough that I feel that I can say this with confidence, that Blaine Gabbert's ceiling, like the absolute best that I would expect of him is 2011 Alex Smith, which is not a bad thing, but no. mm-hmm. you, you need 
a lot around it, which, you know, it goes to your point of, of drafting in other areas of need, you know, boosting the offensive line. I mean, basically, you need you need a strong offensive line, you need a strong running game, and you need a strong defense. You need you need the 2011 49ers, mm-hmm. which, you know, whereas with Alex, and, and just to kind of compare, whereas Alex Smith, his ceiling is probably, you know, 2012, like that first half of 2012, and what we're seeing right now for stretch for you know for stretches of uh, of this season with the Chiefs, that's sort of his ceiling, I think. So, you know, I mean, Blaine Gabbert is an adequate quarterback. He's you know you you can get to the playoffs, you can make some noise, but the only way you're going to do that is if you've got if he's surrounded by a lot of talent and a good and, and good and a good coaching staff. Right, that last part was was a very, very important part of that. But that's what I wonder, for next year, should that be the focus? Do you build the 2011 49ers and then look for a franchise quarterback the following year? Because you're probably also going to have a new head coach the following year. Well, well, the thing to keep in mind also is the team has, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I think they've got like 12 draft picks this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a couple different options. I mean, on the one hand, it would, like I said, I don't, I don't expect, Expecting to draft draft golf or, or Lynch in the first round, but you've got some other guys. You've got Carson Wentz, the North Dakota State guy, who seems like a potential, you know, a, a potential day two pick. Uh, Connor Cook. Uh, there's a whole bunch. You know, there, there's a guy from uh, there's a guy from North Carolina State. There's another guy from I think Western Kentucky. Uh, there, there, you know, there's a lot of options out there. So I think they're in a position where they could potentially draft, you know, a day two or day three quarterback and still fill plenty of needs. I think, I mean, one option, you know, if they, you know, if they lose, they're guaranteed a top five pick. They could finish as high as third or fourth. If they, and if they win, they finish no worse than eighth in the, you know, in draft order. And I mean, you know, they could, they could, they could make some moves. They could, they could move back and pick up some additional uh, day two and day three picks and, and be able to fill up a lot of those needs. You know, we've seen it before. They traded, you know, they traded back, uh, a couple years back, I think when they got stale, or no, not stale. I, you know, they, they've had opportunities to trade back and add picks, and, and that's the thing with the draft is like, you know, it's such a crapshoot. And I know Trent Balky gets a lot of crap, but it makes sense to trade back and get as many picks as you can because you know the more bullets you get, the more opportunities you have to hit. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think that even if they do like hit, it just doesn't seem like they've been relatively successful the past three, four years, I mean, maybe one or two. And I understand that, you know, you're not going to hit every drop, but I would like to see at least a one or a two have some sort of playing capability. And it's frustrating to me to see that it's just nobody has panned out. Yeah, that's, I would agree. It's definitely been, it's been rough stuff out there in a lot of ways. And that's, and we've seen that they're four and 11 and they're, Terrible, and some of it is a lot of it is they're poorly coached, and a lot of it is that the talent is just not there. So, right. Um, I think you know. I mean, when it comes to that, I mean, you're talking about a team where it, it this team did lose a lot. You know, I, I get that the team lost a lot of talent, but um, you know, I don't know. I, it's the coaching staff. I mean, I think Eric Mangini is a great coach. I, well, I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I think he's done a lot with you know a lot of the issues that they're having on defense is more because they're young as opposed mm-hmm. to you know not talented. No, that's totally fair. I would, I don't disagree with that. And we're seeing the, all the bright spots that we're seeing on this team are on the defense and from the young defensive guys. Um, I think yeah. Eli Harold is a bright spot. He's got a lot of potential. Jacoski Tart. I mean, we are seeing. These guys, Eric Armstead. I mean, I know that he still makes a lot of mistakes, but he's also had 
a lot of games where he's looked good and you can see that he's developing as a pass rusher. So um, that's that's fair. Yeah, I, I agree with, you know, what's been said so far. And I do think that the offensive coaching staff has to change at some point. But I just don't know who that's going to be, who the 49ers are going to you know, inspired to come over to their side to speak. And I don't know if Tom is the guy that's going to, you know, drag people over to his side. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I want to be the fan that has all the hope in the world, but I just, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in this team. And I don't know if it's just because of the ownership or what have you. It's just not something that, uh, and I'm hoping they can change things around. I just don't see how. Well, they're not going to change anything around by keeping it as it is. That's just the reality. And um, I think they're pretty committed to keeping it as it is. I would be so surprised if they fired Tom Sula. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's part of the problem at this point for me as, as a 49ers fan. Is it's just hard to get really excited about the future of this team because they seem committed to giving Tom Sula a little, you know, giving a little more of an opportunity uh, going into next year, and which more than likely is going to end up with him being fired mid-year. And so, you know, it's just like, okay, they've got all this cap space, they've got all these draft picks, and on the one hand, yeah, okay, there's, you know, I'm trying to sort of situate myself to think more like, well, okay, they're going to get some young talent, they're going to, you know, we're, it's, you know, we're officially, we're actually into rebuilding. Um, and yet, you know, I, it's just, that's not exciting, especially coming off, of, you know, a team that went to three straight NFC title games. Right. And young talent without coaches to help develop that young talent. I just, I don't, it's not a waste, but it's, it's going to take a lot longer for that young talent to develop. Um, and I mean, this is the NFL. You're going to be great or you're not, and you have the talent or you don't, but there are players that if developed properly could make a real impact on a team. And I don't see this group doing that. I mean, I do think Jeep Crystal be fired. But as I said at the beginning of the podcast, who's going to want to, who, what really strong candidate is going to want to come in and take that role um, working for a head coach, like David said, who will probably be fired midway through next season. Well, honestly, I would have thought that their best opportunity lately, at least to, you know, their best opportunity in, in terms of getting rid of Harbaugh, their, their best chance to get a good offensive coordinator was going to be this past off season where, mm-hmm. You still didn't fully know, okay, maybe it was just a down year for Colin Kaepernick and he'll bounce back. And there's, he was still this figure of, well, there's all this upside to him. Now, you know, I still I still think he can rebound and all that kind of stuff, but A, he's going to be gone. So next year, you know, you're talking about a team that will have Blaine Gabbert and maybe a draft pick. You have to, you know, you have to go, you have to have an offensive coordinator before the draft, before free agency. So you're like, okay, you know, we can offer you Blaine Gabbert, an offensive line that may improve. You're, you're right. No, why would you want to come to, to, Coach for that. Oh God, what a depressing, such a depressing conversation. And I mean no disrespect to Blaine Gabber, but no, listen, no, really, you want to come here. We have, wait for it, Blaine Gabber. I mean, that is, and I know disrespect to Blaine because I say this every week. I know he works really hard and he's doing the best he can, but he doesn't inspire um, a lot of confidence or excitement. He's, as we've all said, he's adequate. He's fine. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, this has been uplifting. I know. <laughs> that's, depressing. The, that's the problem with being a 49ers fan right now. And it's, you know, and obviously, I mean, I, you know, we folks like us spend a lot of time thinking about this team and thinking about what's going on. So 
I think it's inherent that we're going to be a little more depressed about the situation <laughs> than others. But you know, I, it's just it's hard. You know, like you were saying, you know, there's all this young talent. There is young talent. There's no doubt that there is young talent. You know, we're seeing guys like you know Eli Harold starting to show some things. Eric Armstead starting to show some things. Dante Johnson. You know, they finally got Trent Brown out there. Mm-hmm. Andrew Tiller. You know, there, there's a lot of little pieces that are interesting. But then you know, this is a team that takes half the season to realize that Andrew Tiller is better than Jordan Devey. That uh, you know, it takes them 14 weeks or 15, 15 or 16 weeks to. This- so, you know what, Trenton Brown may have been overweight, but, you know, hey, let's give him a chance. And it's just, there's nothing about there's nothing about the coaching staff that makes me think, at least the offense, again, you know, we'll, we'll always have that caveat that Eric Mangini is clearly better at his job than Jeep Chris. But it's like, there's just nothing that's like, you know, I, I know that they're going to figure this out and, you know, there's going to be enough talent that they'll eventually figure it out. They just can't do it with this coaching staff. This is not a good overall coaching staff, and it, it's because Jim Tom Sula is not a good head coach. I, you know, the, there's a like Tim Lewis is the secondary coach, great, you know, great coach. Tom Rathman, great coach. Jason Tarver, the linebacker coach, he can do things. It's, it's just like as long as Jim Tom Sula is a head coach, this team is going nowhere. Fast, <laughs> really fast, and we haven't even talked about special teams, which has been nothing short of a mess. This entire yeah. season, and that that was a huge loss in the off season. Sorry, Steph, I think I interrupted you. Well, I was just wondering because there was an article that I read. I think it was today. They, um, it was a really good article because it pointed to whether or not Judge Work would see and just take the high road and decide. Yeah, you know, I made a mistake, and I think fans would, would respond to that. What do you think, David? Do you think he's going to do that? Is that in his? <laughs> it's interesting because yeah, I read that article because they talked to yeah, they talked to uh, Andy Dolish. He's the mm-hmm. uh, he used oh, to yeah. be the he was like the president. Of it was interesting. Yeah, he was actually he worked for the A's before I went there, and he's worked in a bunch. Of, he's worked he's worked for almost every single Bay Area team in some form or fashion at some point, and he know you know he knows the business side of sports. He's not you know he's not a football guy or a baseball guy, but he knows business. And you know before the stadium, like there, there's there's. And this is something that Kawakami, Tim Kawakami, has pointed out, and I think is actually very. You know, I, I can see that it might be very true. I, you know, we don't we don't know Jed York from you know Adam at this point. But <laughs> with uh, what the, the point Tim Kawakami made is that you know once he got the stadium built, he felt you know he could do anything. He felt mm-hmm. almost bulletproof to a certain extent, and and I get that. You know, you don't get stadiums built in California. You know, especially billion-dollar stadium. So, you know, hey, you know, props to him and, and his team for getting that put together. But it just feels like that that created a situation where he thinks, you know, I, I can do I can do anything. And, yes, he may eventually recognize his mistakes, but he's also still relatively young. I mean, he's, I think, two years younger than me. I'm 36. I think he's 34, 35. And I just, you know, I just worried that, you know, you see this, you see this with people that have found success in other, you know, in certain ways, uh, whether it be, you know, through the fact that he was born right or, or, you know, again, he got the job done, whatever. He thinks that he, you know, well, we'll get it figured out. Oh, it's, you know, it's, we can blame the offense. We can blame this. We can blame that. And so I think eventually he might figure it out. And maybe that's more hope than belief, but I don't know. It's I'm not I'm not overly confident that he's going to figure out this offseason that he made a horrendous mistake promoting Jim Tomsula. No, and I think they'll make piecemeal changes, um, but they won't make the major change. And in making those piecemeal changes, he may convince himself that okay, this is what we need now. And now that Jim Tomsula has this, he's our guy. 
and then you know midway through next season they'll be two and six and maybe he'll realize it then but I don't know <laughs> I really I just I don't know and I don't and I want to think differently because like Steph and I have talked a lot on this podcast and we do not think he's a bad guy and I think he wants his team to win but when you're stubborn which again like you said we don't know him from Adam so maybe he's not stubborn but from what I have to go on um, and you won't you know saying you won't talk about football during the season I mean none of this stuff inspires confidence that he's thinking that he made a mistake and he's going to do anything differently. Though I do think if they get blown out by the Rams on Sunday, which you're probably right, they probably will not get blown out and you're, they may pull out the win. But I do think if they get blown out by the Rams on Sunday and finish 4-12, and that may be the only chance. Yeah, I don't even know. Even then, I just I just think that he's so tight with the Yorks. And what I mean is by Tom Slaw, I think mm-hmm. that he is a beloved friend. I think he is somebody that is so tight with them that I don't even think that could do it. I think that they really believe that he is the answer to, you know, getting on the same page as the players, even though they don't see the football side of things. And it's not something I believed in the in the very beginning. I, I think I had hope at one point that he could create this, you know, balance between the players and, you know, ownership. But I don't think he really is that person that I hoped he would be. No, I don't think he is. And I think we saw a few weeks ago players started to come out and essentially question coaching de- question coaching decisions. And that, to me, was a sign that he was not this great locker room bringer together hope that was so eloquent. But he wasn't the guy necessarily to do that. And I really felt like in the beginning of the season, um, you know, like, okay, you know what? They're going to want to play for him. And they – but – I think at the end of the day, they can <laughs> want to play for him, but if they don't know how to play and if they're not coached to play properly, and if I hear one more time about how awesome practice was, I mean, what are they practicing? The practice is so awesome. I don't understand, um, but that's an aside. Um, but, no, I, I just I, – I wanted him to be the guy. I wanted the nice guy to win. I wanted him to be the guy that made it work. But, you know, and, and I kind of feel – he was put in an unfair position. He wanted the position, but – it was, I think, an impossible situation for him from the start. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he got, like you said, he, you know, he, I, yeah, I get the excuses. And this is, it's going to be interesting because I think we'll be able to predict when, when Jed York has his end of season post press conference and addresses the media. I'm very curious. I, you know, I, I, I plan on putting a post together. This just a post together about this, just to give people an opportunity to predict exactly what he's going to say because <laughs> it just feels like, Everything just—it just feels so predictable. It feels like you know we're going to get the comments. We're going to get comments about the roster turnover. Well, first, you know, he's going to say we're not happy. We, you know, I—I've got to think that he's smart enough not to say we don't raise, you know, division banners. You know, he's not going to say we only raise Lombard, you know, Super Bowl banners. He will not go there. But he's going to say stuff about how we're, you know, this, this, we're unhappy. This is unacceptable. We feel that, you know, there'll be some mention of all the offseason turnover. And, and injuries, and mm-hmm. injuries, the changes, and it's all going to culminate with Jim Tom Sula getting another, you know, getting another, getting his chance extended. So yeah, it's you know, uh, it's it's going to be so depressing. It's bleak. It's so bleak. It <laughs> is bleak. And I remember last year at the end of la- at last season, even with everything that went on, I still had that. Well, there's always next season, 
And maybe <laughs> I had this like really naive thought that for all the reasons they were going to be terrible, they were going to surprise everybody and actually be not that bad. I was 100% wrong, and now I've, like, gone completely the opposite direction, and I'm like, they're going to be 2-14 and 14 next year. Um, <laughs> like, I had convinced myself that they could be anywhere from 6-10 and 10 to 10-6 and 6 this year, and I could not have been more wrong. Yeah, I thought they were going to be 8-8, eight and eight, so... I thought 9-7. and seven. We, Steph and I had this podcast at the beginning of the year. It might be funny to go back and listen to it. I mean, we were, like, the most optimistic. We were like, they're going to be good. Steph was like, they're going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm like, I bet they're even going to be 9-7, and seven, and they're going to show everybody. And and then I remember someone on Twitter saying, here's the schedule. What nine teams do you think they're going to beat exactly? And I looked at it, and I was like, well... <laughs> if you look at actually, right now... Um, there's still one more week left of games, but they have the toughest schedule. They had the toughest schedule this year. They did. Um, the strength schedule based on, you know, just looking, and I've just been looking at it for purposes of, of because that's the tiebreaker for the draft rate order, is, yeah, they've had the toughest schedule by a, a decent margin this year. And that is not, you know, I don't think that having an easier schedule was going to result in more than, you know, another win or two, but, I'll, you know, Kramer Crenshaw, they have played good teams. I wonder if that will also be in the press conference, that they had a very tough schedule. They also, fun fact, logged more miles than any other NFL team. So I'm sure they were very tired. But they do that every year. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, just wait. It'll be in the press conference. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, this is going to be a miserable... I mean, I'm looking forward to it, kind of like a car wreck, but <laughs> it's. I, I I really am curious just, just to see how... Because, I mean... When he had the, you know, when they had the press conferences last year, they were kind of bad. And then when he went on KMBR, it was just oh, a train wreck, and it was, and it was, it was the most awkwardly entertaining experience of, of the off season. <laughs> so I'm curious how, you know, because a lot of, you know, the beat writers are, you know, they they have to maintain their sources, but at the same time, I think, you know, we didn't see it with, you know, with a lot of them they've recognized, you know, they everybody knows this is a bad team, and so it's going to be interesting to see how much the screws are turned on York, you know, when he finally does meet the press. But I guess, and I think the thing that's even more depressing kind of is there's no, I know he says to hold him accountable, but to what? And he's the CEO of this team, and that's not going to change, and it's not like he can say anything he wants and do anything he wants, and there's really nothing any of us can do about it um, until one day he admits maybe he doesn't know everything he thinks he knows and he needs a little help. But I don't know if that day's coming anytime soon or ever. Well, people who say to hold him accountable generally don't actually need it. <laughs> Right. Yes. Um, on the plus, I'm oh, sorry. Good. I was just gonna say it's more that it's just more that Silicon Valley crap that they're pushing in in Santa Clara. Yeah, <sighs> Silicon Valley doesn't win football games, and they do a lot of things really, really well. Um, Fortnite's app is awesome. You know what? It is awesome, and that Levi's Stadium app is pretty cool too. You can order food right to your seat. So that's cool. Can you, order, can you order sunscreen for the east side of the stadium? You cannot, but they will sell it in the team store. For 20 bucks. You got it. <laughs> I, have, I have to say that last week when I was there, or we were there too, because it, um, it I felt like there was a little bit of a change in the atmosphere. I felt like it was a little bit more homey, and I felt like people were starting to, at least in my viewpoint, get into the game, even though it was tough. You know, there mm-hmm. you could see the real you know, the real fans that were still there despite thick and thin. And I liked that about it. So, so and it was tough and it was a cold game for me. Like, was, you know, San Diego here. Like, it was like 54 degrees. We were very cold. <laughs> I was so cold. And like, and, but we stuck it out. And I think that 
it did seem a little bit different in year two. So I have a little bit of hope for the stadium because I do think, you know, I was one of those ones that kind of criticized AT&T Park when it was built, you know, it was, and um, now with the Seven Sister Giants, it's like a great place. So I think that, of course, you're going to have those corporate sponsors in the very beginning, but it can evolve. And I do have hope that, at least I hope that the Santa Clara Stadium can evolve. It's just, um, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I'm just more, I'm more interested in how the team's going to do how the team's going to evolve, how it's going to form from the top down. And uh, I have very little faith in the, the coaching and the, you know, just the top down. But I do think that the fans will be there through thick and thin. Well, that's why, the, and that's why we're fans, because you are there through <laughs> thick and thin. Um, and no, the stadium's not the problem. They're not bad because of the stadium. And I know there are a lot of people that will use that argument that it's cursed, etc. but the stadium is not the issue. The stadium is beautiful, and I do give Jed York props for building an awesome stadium. Now, if he can build an awesome team to play in said stadium, we'll be on to something special. <laughs> that is the difficult part. Um, well, this has been so uplifting, guys. <laughs> it's I, the worst podcast ever. <laughs> I think everyone should turn this off and feel really good about the future. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy holidays. I mean, I'll say this. 2016 could not possibly be as bad as 2015 was, the 49ers. No, just, just don't even, don't don't, even say don't. it. Well, now I've probably... I'm so sorry, everybody. I probably jinxed it. <laughs> Um, well, we'll see. Well, I'm happy with the Vikings win, to be honest. Like, I still don't know how that happened. So, I, I'm happy with that. Who was that team? I mean, I remember looking at Twitter and, like, everyone and their brother was tweeting, the the death of the 49ers has been greatly exaggerated. Like, who yeah. was that team? I don't understand. They just need a whole offseason to prepare for one game. I think, <laughs> That's what I think. I think you may have hit upon it. We're going to turn this into a one-game season. <laughs> you know what? That's yeah. not a terrible just, idea. Yeah, that would be awful. <laughs> I'm also not entirely sure how they've even won four games, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> they weren't pretty. They weren't pretty, that's for sure. Right, and that Bears win is really only thanks to the Bears kicker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the only – that wasn't – but that sure was a fun win. <laughs> a good time was had by all. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. We hope that we've really brightened your holiday season. <laughs> Happy New Year. Let's do let's do a game prediction for Sunday just for fun. David, what do you think the score will be? Hmm. <laughs> Rams 150 to nothing. No, um, I'll, uh, I'll say, let's see. I'm going to go with the 49ers winning. Let's see. I'm going to go with 49ers winning 19 to 16. Steph? I think the Rams win seventeen to six. Oof! And <laughs> I was gonna say Rams win twenty seventeen, and I know seventeen is me. That optimism in me just coming <laughs> right out again. But they will score seventeen points in the first half, and we will be yeah, so right. excited. And then they will not score again. <laughs> That's my prediction right there. All right. Well, we are signing off. Thanks, everybody. Go Niners! Go Niners! <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>